with my Bible. Our sermon today, I ask you please rise and then our sermon is going to be from Luke 11, verses 24 through 28. They read in Jesus' name. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word and I thank you for teaching us these truths and I pray that your spirit would come upon us that we might learn these truths. Lord, that you would guide us in your truth as your word is truth. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So I entitled today's sermon, Be Discipled. The plan was to do this last week, but uh, my family got sick. Kirsten and I got sick, and you didn't want us here. Uh, it wouldn't have been fun for anybody. So it works out, though, because in June, so we're, as we're going through the spiritual disciplines, the purpose of disciplines is that they are manners in which we disciple ourselves. And we, because they are not they are not goods in and of themselves. The purpose of a discipline is to bring us into the presence of Christ. And so we do that through worship. Like as we were discussing, um, as, well as Kirsten and I talked about, have talked about worship quite a number of times, one of our frustrations and, you know, granted one of our joys of having children is bringing them to church, but it's sometimes difficult sitting with little children in church. Right, Emily? Yep. And you... Both of our Emilys, one has to take care of her brother, the other, other has to take care of her mom. Um, <laughs> good job. But sometimes it's hard to pay attention because your kids don't always want to sit still. They don't always want to pay attention. They don't always want to, you know, do what they're supposed to do. But you know, that's actually worship. Training your children to worship is an act of worship. And so by bringing them to worship... And training them to worship, you are worshiping. Because worship isn't just singing. It's not just playing, thankfully, because I don't play piano. You know, Janet worships as she plays piano, I hope. <laughs> she leads us in worship. You know, but as we're doing that, that's not all that worship is. Worship isn't just listening. Did you know me talking is worship? For me, at this point, this is me worshiping God. And so as we do these spiritual disciplines such as worship and Bible reading and prayer and evangelism as we talk about all these various spiritual disciplines. Stewardship is a spiritual discipline. Why do we do these? We do these out of a sense of worship towards God. We do these in order to enter into the presence of God. We do these so that we might become more like Jesus. And so here, Jesus reveals to us how we become more like Jesus. What it means, what this looks like. Because as we look at this parable that Jesus actually, it's not even a parable. That's not even the word for this. This is just a straight up teaching. This is what happens. And as we go through this, 
we, as we go through our Bibles, as we're reading, we don't just read, I hope. I hope as we're reading, we're seeking to understand. That's called interpretation, understanding. What does this mean? So as we look at this passage, we need to ask the question, what does this mean? But then as we're going through any passage, and I'm saying this because we're going into biblical or Bible reading for this month, we also need to be applying this because what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean in my job? What does this mean for me? Because Paul tells us that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So if I have knowledge about God, what does it do to me? It just puffs me up. If I have love for God, though, what does it do? It builds me up. And it builds my relationship with God. If I have knowledge about my wife, I might become proud because I can tell you, you know, what not to do. I have a lot of knowledge about that um, when you're interacting with Kirsten. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a number of things that, yeah. Um, but love for her builds us up. So as we're applying the scriptures to our lives, we're actually building ourselves up. We're building up our relationship with God. So as we're reading this, well, what are these things? What are these spirits? When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. When it goes, and then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. They enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. What are the spirits? Well, are these demonic powers? You, you guys do believe in demonic powers still, don't you? Demons are real. This is one of the reasons why we don't get into like Eastern mysticism. As we talked about that at our deacons meeting. But Eastern mysticism is, and not only Eastern mysticism, but uh, spiritism, animism, um, even Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, all of these isms and and actually, there are, um, I don't remember how to put the word, but there's practices in yoga that are meant to open us up to the spiritual world. Well, if we believe in demons, then we believe that there is a spiritual world that we can open ourselves up to. And if you're opening yourself up to just the spiritual world, what are you opening yourself up to? Demonic powers. Because they're willing to come in too. These aren't things that we mess with. And that actually, as we interact with the mental health crisis in America, I'm not saying that all of it is demonic activity, but I think there's a lot of demonic activity entering into our world. Janet? If, if we open our... Yes. The, so Janet asked, do I think that through fear, the demonic powers come in? Through... How do... Oh, where do I go? Uh, I feel like I'm on a rabbit hole that, or a rabbit trail that's got no end. Um, well, but this is, this is important because we do open ourselves up to the spiritual world as we allow any individual thing to control us. Whether that's fear or whether even that's joy. If I give myself over to joy or if I give my, you know, not joy, but happiness. If I live my life for happiness, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Happiness is not. If I live my life for happiness, I'm actually opening myself up to the spiritual realm. If I live my life out of fear, 
I'm opening myself up to the spiritual realm because Satan's willing to come in and say, hey, I've got the answer for you. You give me some power and I will give you what you want. You want happiness? I've got the answer for you. You want, um, you want to have a release from responsibility? I've got the answer for you. And that's how Satan enters in because he'll start giving us those and as we give ourselves over to him, as we abdicate our responsibility before God and we give it to something else, that's how the spiritual world enters into our lives. And so these spirits exist at this level, but they also exist at every other level too because spirits are behind worldviews. And so spirits are behind those things which we worship. And they are those things which we worship. And so greed, when Jesus is talking about the spiritual world here, he's also speaking about greed. He's also speaking about um, licentiousness, the ability to do whatever I want. What Americans right now are calling freedom is actually licentiousness. I should have the right to do whatever I want, whenever I want it, with no responsibility and no consequences. Look, church had a word for that. Licentiousness. Freedom isn't that. I don't want to get into freedom because that's another rabbit trail and I want to try to limit how many rabbit trails I get on. So when we're talking about spirits, we're talking about ideas, we're talking about emotional states of being, we're talking about worldviews, we're talking about um, goals for our lives, and we are also talking about actual spiritual cosmic intelligences that are out there. That's, we're talking about these big things all the way down into these little everyday things. Because as Jesus comes into our life, he wants control over all of those things. He wants control over your time. Because when we say Jesus is Lord, is there a limitation on that? Jesus is Lord of Jerusalem. Well, okay, then that means that there's a frame. He's only Lord of Jerusalem. No, Jesus is Lord. That means he's Lord of Jerusalem as much as he's Lord of St. James. Whether St. James submits to him or Jerusalem submits to him doesn't matter. He's still Lord. He's Lord over your life and he's Lord over my life, but is he Lord over my money? Is he Lord over my time? So as he comes in, he says, I'm in control because we have to give control somewhere. So the spirits are the things that want to control you. And they're the things that want to control me. And those can look at different, they can look like different things. But that's what they ultimately are. They're things that want to control you. They want to control parts of your life or they want to control all of your life. These are, this is how we think about spirits. Think of, how, how do I describe these things? Do you guys know what fra- fractals are? So fractal, a fractal is a mathematical equation that, Either you have it zoomed out. The more that you zoom in, the more you see these repeating patterns. And so that's a fractal. The patterns repeat and they repeat and they repeat. And so you zoom into a fractal and you'll see the same image again and again and again and again. And that's also with these spirits. And so big things or little things, they're all things that want to control your life. Because Jesus comes in and says, hey, I'm Lord. Money comes in and says, you make me Lord, I'll give you peace. You make me, Lord, I'll give you power. You make me, Lord, I'll give you whatever you want. And so, when we're talking about money, we're also talking about spirits. So who's the house? That's us. So we'll go and we'll find the house swept, clean, put in order. So Jesus comes into our life, what's the first thing that happens? He starts to organize it. He starts to cleanse us. He's, so 
a clean house is godly, right, Janet? Okay, well, I got some work to do. Um, <laughs> in my office, too, I see. Uh, but Jesus comes in, starts putting things into order, and he starts organizing things, and he, he kicks out all the evil spirits, and he, he starts making himself Lord. Do you know the interesting thing about a house? What happens to a house when it sits, up, it sits empty? It, de- it falls apart. It deteriorates. It's terrible for it. Houses are not made to sit empty, and neither are we. Something will control your life. Something will control your life. We are not made to sit empty. Our souls are not made to sit empty. Either Christ is Lord or something else is. You think, well, no, I'm Lord of my life. No, you're not. I'm sorry to say, you're not. Either Jesus is Lord of your life or something else is Lord of your life. Just like, again, the great singer-theologian Bob Dylan once said, either you're going to make Jesus your Lord or Satan. It's going to be one of the two. Someone is going to be your Lord. Who is it going to be? You have will in this. You have will in this. Who is going to be your Lord? Am I going to listen to, am I going to, listen to the media and how, who I should fear or who I should trust or what I should do or how the world should be fixed? Should I listen to them or am I going to listen to God? Am I going to listen to you know, whatever, whatever book I'm reading, am I going to listen to what the internet says? Am I going to listen to, who am I going to listen to? You're making them your Lord. I don't care if it's the Young Turks or Tim Pool or, I, I don't know. I don't know who all these YouTubers, are. there's too many of them nowadays. I don't know who these people are. Are we going to listen to them? Are we going to listen to God? Who is going to be our Lord? Because we, we like to think of ourselves as a rock, a solid place. No, we're, we're just an empty house. We've got to be filled by something. Something's going to fill us. And if that house sits empty long enough, what fills it? Critters, whatever wants to. Cats, raccoons, um, bears. <laughs> it happens. What happen- That's what happens. And so we are that house. So what does this look like? What wants to come in? You know, and this is what's fascinating. What Jesus says is the unclean spirit wants to come in. It wants to enter into your life. Unclean things, sinful things want to enter into you. Money wants you to be its, wants you to be its servant. Money wants that. Do you know that our media wants you to serve it? As I was, it was during the, well, it was during the Trump administration when I started to go on Twitter. Uh, because I kept hearing about all these funny things on Twitter. So I went on Twitter, and then I watched what Twitter was doing, and I was like, well, how do I influence Twitter? And it struck me. I only have one leverage against Twitter, and that's my attention. And so Twitter is trying to get me to serve it by me giving it my attention. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to serve this, and I deleted it off my phone. I quit going on Twitter because that's the only influence I have. But it wanted me to be its servant. And you know what? I'm not going to serve. I don't know who's in charge of Twitter. I don't think anybody's in charge of Twitter anymore. I'm not going to serve it. I'm not going to serve Zuckerberg and Facebook. I'm not going to serve these things. Who am I going to serve? Because the unclean spirits want control over us. Am I saying Twitter's unclean? Actually, I think I just did. There might be some truth to that. Can you use these things for good? 
yes, I actually think Twitter is amoral. It's not immoral. It, it's amoral. It can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Facebook is the same way. It can be used for good or bad. YouTube, BitChute, you name it. All these social media companies, they are nothing. They are only, TikTok even. TikTok could be used for good. I'm just going to leave that right there. Um, I don't know how. Josh, you figure that out. Um, how can TikTok be used for godliness? But these things want control over you. And once they gain control over you, then they become unclean. Because you're supposed to be serving Jesus if they're leading you away from Christ. And they are unclean to you. And so we take care. We do not let these, is, is money in and of itself bad? No. But once it starts to control me, it's unclean for me. And so what are we going to submit to? Because what we allow into our lives is the thing that we submit to. What we allow. Because we are those gatekeepers. You are those gatekeepers. This is your responsibility before God is to allow Him to be the leader and the guide of your life. I don't care if that's your family. I don't care if that's your, well, if that's your government. I don't care if that's your church. You are a gatekeeper. You are the one that allows these things into your life or not. If you allow them to come in between your relationship with God and you, God and you, if this comes in between, that's on you. I can't blame Twitter for wasting my time. That was me allowing it to waste my time. That's on me. I can't, I can't, even if Kirsten and I, one of the frustrating things about being a husband is that anytime that Kirsten and I are having a conflict, you know who has to take responsibility for that? She does. No, I do. You know why? Because I'm part of that. I have to take responsibility for this. Because if I was a perfect man, we probably wouldn't be having this conflict. And because I'm not a perfect man, it's probably one of the reasons why. And so I have to step up. And so in every situation, what am I going to submit to? Am I going to submit to God who says, Joe, you have to take responsibility? Or am I just going to do whatever Kirsten says, which might fix the conflict, but not in a godly way? We are responsible. What are we submitting to? Because we live in a world that there are things, there are influences in our lives that want to control us. What are we letting control us? Because that's the question. That's what Jesus is talking about. Because either you're going to be submitting to him or something else is going to come in. Period. Either you're going to be submitting to him or something else is going to come in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because waterless places are places that nobody wants to be. And so think about it in those terms. So take a politician. Any politician. I don't care who. If you ignored them, they're in waterless places. Because they want power, they want prestige, they want position. You know, hopefully they want to serve as well. But they want those places, those things. And so if we deny that to them, then they enter into waterless places. That's the way to think about it. A place where nobody wants to be. And so if the demon is kicked out of you, 
Then it goes into waterless places. It goes into a place that no, nothing wants to be. Nobody wants to be there. So then where is it going to end up? It's not just going to stay there. You sent a demon into the Garden of Eden. Hey, why would it stay there? Why would it leave? If I go and, you know, if I'm given everything that I ever need, if ever, I'm given everything I ever want, why would I leave that spot? But here they're being sent into waterless places, something it wants to leave. And so at any level, Twitter, I keep getting notifications from Twitter that I've got notifications. Facebook tries to do the same thing. It doesn't like that I ignore it. I'm very good at ignoring Facebook and Twitter, but they don't like it. So they try to get my attention. Why? Because they want my attention. Why? Because I'm dollar signs to them. That's it. That's what's going on. And so the demons want control. But then everything else wants control. So that's what the waterless places are. The place where nobody wants to be. Nobody likes being ignored. Nobody likes being avoided. Nobody likes being in those places. Those are waterless places. Does that make sense? And so, as we submit, we also then have to learn to cultivate. Because we can do things incidentally, can't we? Have you guys ever, as you guys are driving down the road, have you ever just, you know, seen something that needed prayer and then prayed for it? You see an ambulance driving by, the lights flashing, Lord bless them, guide them, I see the helicopters, hear the helicopters go over, see the helicopters go over, Lord guide them, grant them safety, grant them speed, grant the doctors wisdom as they deal with whatever's going on. You know, I'm praying those prayers, but that's not really deepening my prayer life. That's incidental prayer. We need to be cultivating these things because what grows best? What gets planted wild or what's cultivated? What gets attention? What gets work? What gets thought? What gets weeded? Because we've got, um, if you go out by Eagle's Nest, there are gooseberries, there are raspberries. But you know the interesting thing about them? They're not very big. They're growing out there. They're producing fruit out there, but they're surrounded by weeds, they're surrounded by other trees, they're surrounded by all sorts of things that are taking out their energy. And so they're not producing big raspberries. The raspberries are just itty-bitty. They're smaller than the end of my pinky. But if you go to someone's garden and they have raspberry plants there, they're usually larger. Right? So what does that teach you? If you want Christ and the fruits of the Spirit to be a bigger part of your life, it's going to require cultivation. Because submission to Jesus is, it requires cultivation. Because you have to pull the weeds. You have to plant the right seeds. You can't just let them grow incidentally. They'll grow, yeah. But they're not going to produce what we want. They're not going to produce as much as they could. They're not going to fulfill their potential. If I went out to the eagle's nest and I weeded around all of those gooseberry plants. They'd produce more and bigger gooseberries. So also in our lives. Well, I'll just, I'll do what Jesus says, but I'll let these other things in there too. Well, now you've got competition. As any farmer will tell you, a field full of competition doesn't give you as good of a crop. What farmer wants a field full of, full of corn and ragweed? Think about it. Who are you submitting to? Our culture? Our media? Our friends? 
or Jesus? Who is your Lord? Because somebody will be your Lord. And Jesus wants to be Lord over every single little aspect of your life. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? How do you use your abilities? He wants to be Lord over these things. Who do you let in? Who do you let out? He wants to be Lord over these things. And that's why he sent us the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has the ability to live within us. So then, what does this look like? Then the next thing tells us. He said to these, and he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. So people are calling Mary blessed here, sure. And at the same time, think how think what a great honor that would be. Think what a great joy that she would have. She's gonna be honored by other people, she's gonna have joy, she's gonna have glory because of what she has done. Jesus, what she has produced. This is what our culture says. Your glory will come out of what you produce. Think about that. Your glory will come out of what you, you produce. How much money you make. How big of a house you have. How much stuff do you die with that your children then have to go and throw away. You know, well, people live for that, right? You can't throw that away. Someone might need it someday. You know, but what we produce, what we're worth, what we have. So that culture looked at Mary and said, look, look, look she produced Jesus. Jesus is saying that's, that's not what she should be getting glory for. Neither should she be getting glory for that, nor should anybody else be seeking glory from that. That's not where our true blessings are. That's not where the good that comes to us is from. Where does the good that come to us from? Those who hear the word of God and do it. So hear it. Take it into yourself. Take What are you submitting to? Take the word of God into yourself. How do we know if it's true or false? We know these things, but do we live this way? Honestly, do we live this out? How many of you believe that true blessedness is knowing the word of God and living it out? That is the greatest good that you will ever experience in this world. Bar none. Do you live that out? Does your life look like that? This is a challenge to me. Does my life look like this? Is this where true blessedness is? Or is true blessedness getting all my work done? Is true blessedness making sure that I have enough money in the, my checking account? Is true blessedness making sure that nobody's mad at me? Is that where true blessedness is? Or is true blessedness in hearing the word of God and doing it? What am I living out? Do I really believe this? This was a challenge to me. True blessedness, making sure all my family is happy and healthy and sane. <laughs> Depends on the day. There's true blessedness, hearing the word of God and doing it. I'd ask forgiveness. You know, this is the reason that schools were invented, was so that, not invented, but the reason that public school came to be. Do you know why? So that people could learn to read. Why did they want people to learn to read? So they could know their Bibles. The people could know their Bibles. This is the whole purpose. The reason that all these students have to sit in class for how many years? 12 years or so? Is so that you can learn to read their Bibles. Your Bibles. They've kind of deviated from that goal a little bit, I believe. <laughs> but nevertheless, oh, Jim says a little bit. You don't experience 
that focus in school anymore? No. Bummer. But hear the word of God. But don't just stop there. If it doesn't change your life, you haven't taken it into yourself. If it doesn't change your life, you haven't taken it in. Hear it and do it. Because that's what it means for Jesus to be Lord. Is the Bible the word of God? Yeah. All right, so if God's going to be my Lord, that means I should probably be living my life according to what Dr. Phil says. Dr. Phil's not, is Dr. Phil even on anymore? Yeah, he is? Okay, good. Well, then I can continue to use him as an um, illustration. Because I think Oprah's done, and I believe. Thank you, Lord. Um, no. But nevertheless, they're not God. God is God. And so if I hear his word and I don't do it, then I'm hardening my heart against God. I'm saying, God, I'm not going to listen to you. That's actually hardening my heart. That's making me Lord. Once I become Lord, then something else comes in because my house is empty. Because something else is always going to come in. But if I hear the word of God and I submit to it, then Christ is the one that's invited. And I've heard it said numerous times, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He only comes where he's asked. There's some truth to that. This Pentecost Sunday, who is Lord of your life? Do you really believe what Jesus says? Blessed is the one who hears the word of God and does it. You believe that? Is Jesus Lord of your life? Because Jesus says this. If he's Lord, that makes it true. Well, it is true. But that, makes, they mean, that means that we ought to be believing that. Living it out. So that's a challenge. Where you fail, what do you do? Lord, forgive me. I had to ask forgiveness. Lord, my belief system does not line up with what you say here. I'm not living this out. I had to ask forgiveness. But you know what? God forgave me. And then the passage from the, the woman caught in adultery came to mind. Go and sin no more. All right. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for, for this for having your word, for keeping the story, for allowing it to be in English, for allowing me to be able to read. Lord, for sending your spirit upon us that we can understand and apply. Lord, we thank you. Because it's by you. Lord, we thank you. Blessed be your name. Guide us now. That you might be our Lord in all aspects of our lives. That we might hear the word of God and do it. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.